You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Under the Dome After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Under the Dome After Show. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Under the Dome after show. We are doing episodes three and four, Manhunt and Outbreak. Uh, I am Matt Lieberman, and joining me, as always, is the lovely and fantastic Jackie Borowski. Hi! Hey, so, uh, sorry for the delay we, we had to miss last week due to a scheduling conflict. We, we will now be here live on Thursday nights going forward for the rest of the season. Uh, two great episodes. Uh, a lot of stuff happened in episode four. We're going to get to that, but first we're going to talk episode three, Manhunt. Jackie Borowski, what did you think? Um, you said it was a filler episode. I feel it was a filler episode. It was a lot of yeah. exposition, learning about things that are going on, explanation. I mean, outside of the Manhunt, I don't feel really many things happened. Right. It was It was more of a... Hey, we've had a lot of plot. Let's get to know our characters episode. Yes, definitely. Um, and we actually we had a couple people in our iTunes <laughs> reviews mention like, don't you guys think it's weird that like the characters are just saying lots of stuff about themselves, like like being big chunks? And I I, I agree. It, it's it's weird. It's it's clunky is the word. Yeah. Um. But you know you get past it in that hour and we know a lot more about Big Jim. We know a little bit more about Barbie. We know more about the relationship between Big Jim and Junior and kind of what fuels Junior. Uh, and uh, we know a little bit more about Julia mm-hmm. as well and Nori. Uh, so let's let's just jump right in. So we've got uh, this, this manhunt. Uh, Paul breaks loose from the jail. He locks Linda in the jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes a big honk an assault rifle and runs off into the woods. He is the king of assault rifles, yeah. as we have discovered. He got the silver star y- yes. in the military for assault riflery um, <laughs> and and being a huge jerk. And he uh, he runs off, so Big Jim decides that Linda, Linda, you're terrible at your job. You're a woman. Forget you. I'm going to start a manly manhunt and find, find this guy. Here's the thing I loved about the manhunt is... Yeah. When Big Jim is like, okay, I'm going to get together a search party. And you're like, okay, he's going to rally the town like like they did at the um, fire. At the fire, yeah, and get like a whole a big... A whole big search party. Right. And, and you're like, okay, we've we've established that even though this town, everybody knows each other, it's still a wide area. Yeah. So you're like, okay, there's going to be a huge search party. A mob, like a tree line, yes. like the fugitive. Exactly. Yeah. There's four people. Four people. Four people. Four people, uh, two of whom are incredibly <laughs> sexist uh, douches from uh, from the diner. 
I feel like Jim stopped at the diner. He was just yeah. like, he was just like, oh, got two people at the diner. That's all I need here. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, that was his first stop. His stomach was rumbling. And he was like, uh, okay, uh, homophobes and the guy who beat up my kid. Perfect. We got this. Um, he, maybe he didn't want to cause too much of a panic, but then like he loves a good panic because then right. he looks good. Right. So, so who knows? But um, they they romp off into the forest, and uh, they're being a bit too loud. They come up on Paul. Paul sees them. And they find Paul pretty quickly. Really they have quickly. a. I mean, I guess they had a general idea of where they thought Paul would go, but yeah. still, they find him well, very quickly. He, he did. They were about to fall for the fake trail, but Barbie used his, his military, secret right. military tracking skills. Yes. Uh, and, and found the real trail. They came up on Paul. Paul shoots homophobe number two. Homophobe number one has to carry him home. Uh, so they're on their own. And uh, so Linda is off in the wilderness. She hears rustling. And, and this just big old pig runs out of nowhere. Um, which, like, I know she's busy hunting Paul and everything. But, like, take that pig because you're going to need it later. <laughs> to eat. To eat pig later. Just a thought. Anyway, uh, although somewhere there's a half of a cow that somebody can charbroil. Well, by now, what this uh, episode three is what day Third four? Day. I think day- I think they correspond to the days because they're very they're very conscientious of right. saying two nights ago I used the internet. Right. Okay. So this is the third day. That cow is, is bad meat <laughs> at this point. Um, but uh, but they find Paul. And and Big Jim has before that Big Jim has this great monologue where he talks about how he's got his name Big Jim. Yes, and he's like trying to intimidate Barbie. We saw earlier in the scene uh, between him and and Junior where Junior tells him how he got beat up, and Big mm-hmm. Jim just basically calls him a waste of life and like tells him how much he hates him and how weak he is and how he needs to step up because mm-hmm. this dome is an opportunity. Yeah. So uh, part of me wondered like, is he gonna? try to kill Barbie out here? Or, like, did he bring him out right. here to, you know, maybe get him in the line of fire? Because uh, he's just, like, he's always menacing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I had to wonder. But, no, he was mostly just trying to intimidate him and, like, try to just show, like, I am strong and I'll, I'll break your pelvis with my head uh, if you mess with me. Uh, but anyway, just as Paul is about to kill them, Linda shoots him from afar and Big Jim confirms her her sheriffship, even though she was going to be sheriff either way. He had right. no say in that. But I think he feels, he's the kind of person who feels like he needs to give that extra stamp of approval regardless. Yeah. So um, I also thought it was interesting how Big Jim, his name was initially a joke, and then he... You know, he intimidated people to come over it. And Barbie is also a kind of, like, jokey name. Yeah, but it's. It, I think it might be one that he gave to himself. Right. Versus, like... But it, it shows who Big Jim is as, as a character and who, who Dale is as a character, mm-hmm. who Barbie is as a character. Because Barbie is so secure yes. in his masculinity and in, and in his confidence that he can have kind of a goofy name mm-hmm. and, uh, and own it. Mm-hmm. Versus... Big Jim needed to take that name for himself because he's so insecure and so mad for power and acceptance and and fame that he crippled a guy over a joke. Right. Which 
dick move. Which now we kind of see, not that we didn't see it before, but we see that Junior exactly has the same problems. Oh, and it's, yeah. I think this is why these two butt heads, because they're so similar. Yeah. They're so similar, but Big Jim refuses to accept it because he sees himself as the guy who's pulled himself out of that. Right. And he thinks of his son as a weakling who's yet to claim his own power. Right. Uh, which is why, you know, uh, huge face Mick, uh, Mick keep people in basements guy probably kills animals in his spare time. Evil Andy Samberg. Evil Andy Samberg with his huge, stupid face. Uh, and it's the reason why he's keeping his girlfriend in in the basement is because he he can't stand rejection. He needs somebody to believe that he's this you know that he's decent because he mm-hmm. does he's not getting any love at home. Yeah, you know. And you and what was interesting to me is they do a lot of shots where you see Big Jim is still wearing his wedding ring. Yeah. So in this episode, you really feel the void of the wife slash mother role being left out, and it's just these two very emotionally disturbed men mm-hmm. left with each other with no relationship really yeah. to speak of uh which is like really is like really really interesting just from just from a character standpoint i'm i'm i like i'm always taken in spielberg right mm-hmm. so steven spielberg's an executive producer on the show he has like a trait throughout all of his work you can look at it's all about the relationships between fathers and their sons not every movie but a lot of them you know even like Jurassic Park uh Sam Neill is ambivalent about having kids and he has to learn to love right. kids over the course of this dinosaur adventure mm-hmm. right uh so now we've got this central father son relationship that's just so fractured and then we'll get to in episode 4 we see them kind of come together a little bit and then hopefully be torn apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We're, we'll get to episode four. So um, as, while we're on the topic of uh, of big face Mick, I hate him. So he uh, Angie is is kind of gaming him a little bit, mm-hmm. which is great. Yes. Good for her. Go girl. Do whatever you got to do to get out of that. Stab him with shelter. the first aid scissors if you got to. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. But first, she's like, you know, I might, you know, be all better if we could just get out from under the dome. I wonder if it goes underground into those dangerous tunnels we used to go to. Wouldn't that be neat? Um, so he's like, I'm going to go off to these dangerous tunnels. I'm going to find out. What I liked about this whole scene, though, is like, okay, he's keeping her captive, and you think of him as the big, creepy, scary guy, and he's like, but those tunnels are so dark and scary and dangerous. And you're like, okay, dude, you are the ultimate creeper. Why are you scared of these tunnels? Because he's a creeper. He's not a strong guy. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a scary, you know, little man child with with like deep deep emotional issues. That's true. He's hiding behind his mother's skirts in a fallout shelter instead of being a man in these tunnels. So he goes off to the tunnels, and uh, who should see him but Miss Julia Shumway? And in the last episode, we were talking about how come no one sees Junior creeping around town. Right. Julia does. Julia does. Because Very proud she, of her. Because she's our crack ace news hound. Yes. And she's, she <laughs> smells a story. Uh, where is Junior going in such a hurry with a helmet and all this gear? Uh, so she she stalks him for once, yes. which is, an, I imagine, a new feeling for Junior to be stalked by anybody because he's usually the stalker, not the stalkee. Right. Uh, and they go deep underground only to discover that the dome stretches far beneath the earth. And uh, he touches the dome while holding the flashlight. As we know, anytime you touch the dome with electronics, they blow up. 
And now they're stuck down there with just a pack of matches and a whole bunch of exposition to get through. Mm-hmm. And uh, they burn through both very, very quickly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and it's I mean the scene is basically just to get Julia suspicious of Barbie. And it's true, but and then I feel like in anticipation of episode four. I feel like they're trying to build in some sympathy for Junior. Yeah. Although the whole time I was watching this scene, I'm just like, ugh, I don't care what happened to you. You're still a creep. Exactly. And then they do that again in episode four where they like they give him like his hero moment. Right. And then, you know, like they keep trying to make you feel good for this guy who keeps a girl in a basement and is like is is terrifyingly obtuse and he's going to murder someone. Like, giving that guy a... Be- uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, because I... Like, my feelings changed from this okay. episode to the There's next the one. The only real big thing that happened last week is, uh, uh, what do the teens do in town when all the phones are, are off and all the cell signal is out? They go have a raucous skate party at the edge of the dome. <laughs> Where they can skateboard off the side of the dome. Sweet dome ride, bro! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, they're riding on the dome, and then it's discovered that um, or Nori shows up, mm-hmm. and she meets up with Joe, our poor little dorky Joe, who is still not asked about where his sister is <laughs> after three days. D- d- damn it, Joe. Like, the house is empty. The house is empty. What are you thinking? And I, I know in previous episodes we've, we've had this back and forth of, does Angie live with Joe? Does she not? Well, in one of the scenes, somebody says, your sister's bedroom upstairs. Yeah. I'm going to go upstairs to her bedroom. So now that we know that she lives with him, it's really irresponsible that you haven't asked after your sister. And you're just like, oh, I'm all by myself. Yeah. All by myself. Yeah, Nori, why don't you come stay with me <laughs> and uh, use my generator? And I'll just be a nerd and be afraid to talk to you, even though it's obvious you like me. But, I mean, in his defense, he's a teenager and teens rarely know that uh, or can accept it. Because we don't like ourselves yet. The more you know. Anyway, uh, so it becomes this massive charging party. And, like, so many people to me, like, are mentioned online uh, that The Simpsons did the Under the Dome plot years ago. And then, of course, they called that out uh, with one kid... Has uh, has under the or bleh, has the Simpsons movie on loop, mm-hmm. wasting all this power, and of course they blow the generator. Uh, Nori stands up to douchebag guy who's trying to charge everybody for using the generator, even though it's not his. And then that brings out you know the man in Joe, which is great. He's fixing the generator. She's gaining all kinds of respect for him. And then just when they get found out by her moms, which she was keeping secret, by the way, they hold hands and have a romantic seizure. <laughs> um, and then and then it, is, is there anything else in episode three that we need to cover before we get into all the stuff that happened this week? Um, no, I don't think there was anything else in that episode. Okay. Uh, if there was anything else in that episode that you wish we had covered, uh, tell us oh, about it. Oh, wait, one line. Yeah. I beat on the dome because I love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like, it's like such a per- twisted perversion like, of like, I hit you because I love yes. you. Yes. I beat on the dome because I love you yes. so much. And you're just like, oh, you. No. Ew. No. No, 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 no. No. And you were no. like, 
it's completely unnecessary to be beating on the dome in the first place. But I whatever. Know. It was that was a real eye roller. Um, <laughs> if there's anything else from episode three that you wish we had covered, uh, tweet at us or yes. tell us on the YouTube page for this episode. Uh, or tell us on iTunes. Before we get to episode four, I just uh, want to talk really quickly about a movie that uh, came out earlier this year. It's called The Adventures of Serial Buddies. Uh, Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos, who founded After Buzz TV, uh, made this movie. It's super funny. It's a dark, twisted comedy about serial killer friends. Uh, it is now available online. Uh, at SerialBuddies.com and on iTunes for $4.99 to rent, $5.99 to buy. Uh, we love doing these AfterBuzz shows. Uh, they are 100% free, free to download, free to play, and we put out over 60 shows a week. So uh, it, t- it costs money to put out all this great free programming. If you buy this movie, you could be helping us keep the lights on. So we appreciate any help that you can give us. And you're getting a sweet, sweet movie in the mix, which is a great deal uh, by anyone's standard. Now, to the outbreak. Yes. All right. Uh, so we open this episode. Oh, at the end of episode three, Julia finds a map mm-hmm. that Barbie has that has a, a circled thing in Chester's Mill. She's like wondering, how do you know Chester's Mill so well if, if you've never been here? Well, turns out he has because he is an, he is an enforcer for a bookie in Westlake. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I hope, so they showed a promo for next week, and it's like, it's visiting day at the Dome, and, like, people are visiting from the outside. I hope the bookie comes to say hi to, to say hi to Barbie. I know that he won't, but I just want to see, like, what does, like, a small town We do know that Barbie, though, probably has some sort of military connection with the outside, so I'd be interested to see if somebody comes to see him from his past. Totally. Well, they're not going to be able to hear each other, but still, yeah. it would be cool. Um, so we we open this episode. We've got uh, we've got Barbie and Julia. She's suspicious of him. She's going to walk off to talk to Phil Bushy, who in episode three Barbie saw and then wanted to avoid, mm-hmm. avoid, avoid, avoid. So she goes to talk to Phil. And she quickly... Well, she follows the coordinates of the map, which right. lead to Phil. Read, lead to Phil's uh, trailer, mm-hmm. where she finds Peter's car. Mm-hmm. What? So she's like, where's Peter? And he's he's like, uh, uh, he sold it. Blah, and he passes Pass- out. He passes out. He's got a fever. At first, because like, the Phil in the book is on is on drugs, right? No, the Phil, well, as far as I've gotten, the Phil in the book is like a medical assistant. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he doesn't, where I've gotten in the book, he hasn't really done much at all. Okay, well, then that's 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 my bad. That's I, I, I miss her. He might do drugs later he on. He might do drugs later know. on, we don't know. <laughs> so uh, he passes out, and then, uh, you know, Nori and Joe are being taken to the hospital, uh, by Nori's moms, Carolyn mm-hmm. and Alice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice is kind of a doctor. She is a psychiatrist, but she did her internship in medicine. So now she's... And there are no doctors to be found. No doctors anywhere, because uh, Peter's dead and everyone else is missing. So, you know, what do you do in those hard times? You take a former medical intern and you make her head doctor. Right. Yeah. So we have this outbreak start. People are getting sick. Linda gets sick. Almost immediately, and uh, and we don't know what it is. 
until we find out, okay, it's meningitis, it's super contagious, and it could affect everyone in the dome. The clinic is on lockdown, and Big Jim, they don't have enough uh, antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So Big Jim and Barbie decide, we're going to go find the antibiotics at D's Pharmacy, and uh, Big Jim hands a shotgun to Junior and is like, I'm trusting you with this shotgun to keep all these people inside. Keep them inside by any means necessary. Now, this is interesting because in the books, uh, in the book, uh, Big Jim recruits a whole bunch of kids, basically, that are Junior and his friends to be the police force. So hmm. I'm, I'm interested in this kind of seeing where that goes because he is feeling dubious about his son in the books and then he gives him the gun and starts to feel like a sense of pride about it. Yeah. And so I'm like, hmm, it's kind of like paralleling that a little bit. A little bit, except in the book, uh, Angie's already dead. Yes. Angie is dead. She's not trapped in the, in the bunker. Let's, let's, let's talk about that really quick first. Um, so she's down in the bunker. He brings, uh, her black junior prom dress, which apparently he broke into their house, her and Joe's house, to get it, and Joe just didn't notice. Joe and the entire party that's been there. Yeah. Like, you sure there aren't a couple kids left over from that party that would be like, Junior, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, uh, I heard your Jenny was back up and running. What's <laughs> up with that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have an iPad I want to charge and a Nintendo 3DS. I'm going to go charge it in Angie's room. Yeah, in Angie's room and not smell her clothes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. He smelled her clothes. Yeah, really, totally. cool. really, really creepy. Totally. So he gives her this dress and she's playing along. She had just broken apart a scissors from the first aid kit he mm-hmm. had brought last in the last episode. And she was trying to saw through the chain. Uh, and damn it, damn it, girl, I wish you had just held on. Because you it was working. Like, he probably would have let you out in like two days or so. I mean, ultimately it works out for her. But uh, she decides to stab him and misses anything important and gets his hand. Uh, and he locks her up. He realizes he's being duped. And then she. I'm surprised she couldn't even stab him in the shoulder. Nothing like he moves so quickly. I know it looked like she got him at least in the shoulder, but no, she got him like through the hand. And then she busts a pipe and gets conked out, and the room is filling with water, and she's just almost drowning for the entire episode. Now, since she's dead. At some point, someone in the writer's room was like, you know, we could have a storyline where Britt Robertson is, is is soaking wet for the, for an entire episode, and we can totally get away with it, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, which it was. It was quite nice, but regardless. I feel like because there were a lot of gratuitous shirtless Barbie moments that... When? In the in the first like two episodes, he was sitting in bed without a shirt on. I guess I never think I about that. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> and now I guess we are even. Uh, True. Image wise, great. So, so Barbie and Barbie and Big Jim run off to get the antibiotics, and things are getting tense at the hospital. Um, you know, Junior's got his shotgun, and this guy's like, "You can't hold us here, this older dude." And he literally picks up the shot, and he he's like super menacing. It's like he can't shoot all of us, and they all rush him. He shoots the ceiling. Everyone freaks out, and then he has this moment where he delivers this very you know passionate 
like quiet kind of speech. Yeah. And it to and then he leaves the shotgun there. He talks about the cornbread and the and the right after his mom died, what have you. And it totally works. It pacifies everybody. It impresses Linda, um, who is alive thanks to poor Mrs. Moore. Mrs. Moore rocked. She was a good teacher. She was a good teacher. And a good woman. And she died for her student. R.I.P. Mrs. Moore. We will miss you forever. Uh, yeah. It's true. True. Yeah. It's kind of like it's the Game of Thrones rule now that only good people get to die yes. on shows. Only the people you like. <laughs> no. No. This is not that show. This is not Game of Thrones. This is not Game of Thrones. And this somehow, is under the dome. Somehow, but I do appreciate. I do appreciate though that our. You know how we said he was Joffrey and he had no redeeming qualities. Yeah. Well, this speech, I found this speech endearing. I yeah. still don't. I still don't. I'm still not like going to be like switching over to the junior rah rah club. Right. Because he. It's, it's a very small club. Yeah. He locked a girl in his basement. He's yeah. kind of aggressive. But I, you see now, and I think this is another Steven Spielberg thing, is where you want to humanize your villain. It's true. I mean, if you're going to have someone like this, he was just to this point, for the most part, just Pretty some sort one of note. like, an, yeah, a one note, annoying, like whiny kind of kid. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, he has this real moment where where he's like, oh, I remember when you did something so kind to me when my mom died, and that to me, I was like, okay, I see. Yeah. Well, not quite sniff and tear, <laughs> but it's important to make make your characters complex and to make sure that you don't quite know how you feel about them. Yeah. Yeah. On some level, you know, Junior, he has some deep emotional issues. He's not necessarily a bad person, but I think he never got the kind of love that he needed and he doesn't have the kind of moral values that most of us have. That being said... He is still a douchey creeper, but we see where that comes from. Mm -hmm. We see the birth of the douchey creeper, and we see the, the gooey, you know, sweet kid inside whose mom died and whose dad is a huge dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Julia, meanwhile, she's tracked down. She, she, cornered, she cornered Barbie earlier, and she's, like, saying, you know, I ran into your friend Phil Bushy. And he's like, uh, um, Phil, while drug or like while delirious, mentions the cabin and Junior also tells her about the cabin. Oh, it's the cabin that I saw Barbie at. The so, cabin. The cabin. Our old, our favorite. <laughs> our, our favorite location. Our favorite location in all of television. <laughs> the the cabin. cabin. The cabin with the sign, the cabin on it, which should be a bar. But that's besides the point. Anyway, she... <laughs> she goes to the emergency exit and she can't get through because it's an emergency exit with, with a key card with a key card reader <laughs> for some reason. So she breaks into Peter's office. She steals his key card, um, which like, why is his key card there? Wouldn't he need it to get into the clinic like early in the morning? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, she goes. Maybe Barbie returned it after he killed him. <laughs> he, didn't have, he didn't have time, but he was at the clinic. Uh, all right. That's, <laughs> again, besides the point, Jackie Borowski, we're trying to do a show here, and you keep leading me on all these wonderful tangents, uh, and I keep doing it too, but we need to be serious about her going to the cabin without getting any antibiotics. Yes. Which, you know, damn it, girl, it can wait. It can wait. You know, like, like people are going to get infected because of you. She don't care. 
She don't care. She's selfish. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that Peter uh, basically lost all their money. Yeah. And fo- they're foreclosing on her house. She has nothing left. And then she collapses. And she's having visions. Visions of sweet St. Peter. Um, and he's like, she's like, what did you do to us? And he's like, I'll tell you soon. Because she's dying. And um, Barbie, Barbie eventually saves her. So Barbie and Big Jim, when they went to go find the antibiotics, they they run in. They find that D's pharmacy has been completely burgla- burglarized. Reverend Coggins somehow got even crazier <laughs> when he stopped doing drugs. Here's the thing. So in the beginning of the episode, yeah, uh, they had this protest where the military leaves. Although I'm not quite sure why they're protesting because the military didn't seem to be doing much in the first place because they're like don't forget about us don't abandon us Uh, does this mean that there's no hope you know so there i mean and this parallels the book a little bit there's a process in the book it's not necessarily it's not related to the military and um in the book lester is like a person who like self what do you call when you self-abuse yourself in the name of god oh self-flagellate yes he does that and And he's like a big, like, hellfire brimstone preacher. And so we see him now being the hellfire brimstone preacher at, yeah. at this event. And he's suddenly decided that, and again, this parallels the book, he decides that the reason the God is punishing them for mm-hmm. something. And that's why the dome has fallen. And he's very much a part of that because of the secret petroleum deal. Um, and... He steals all the pharmaceutical drugs, and he's burning the pills? He's burning the pills. Like, instead of throwing them all in the fire at once, he's like, shaky, shaky, shake, shaky, shaky, shake. I'm like, what are you making? What? Like, He's bored. He wants it to take a nice long time, so he has something to fill his afternoon. You know, you dump all the pills in at once, and what are you going to leave for a plot device later? I mean, but he hasn't finished He hasn't finished with the bodies of all the people who are dead. That's true. Uh, he, he's kind of ADD. <laughs> he's kind of ADD, Reverend Coggins. He's got all this work to do, and then he's like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to go steal some drugs and burn them. Because why not? Cool. We figured he's... You know, drug-addled and not too bright. That's true. He's, he is uh, the same man who destroyed paper instead of using a shredder mm-hmm. by lighting it on fire. That's true. He just loves fire. Yes. Fire and brimstone. Yes. Maybe that's a connection. Yes. Maybe it is. I don't know yet, but we're going to find out. So, um, our our dear Julia Shumway wakes up from her meningitis coma-y thing, and um, she's like... To Barbie, was it you that saved me? What really happened? And Barbie has a chance to tell her everything. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he's an enforcer for a bookie and that Peter was in real deep. She says, I don't believe that he gambles. And he plays her a, uh, a voicemail from five days earlier. And so, like, the day before the dome mm-hmm. crashed. And... He com- she comes to the point where she's like, what happened to him? Where is he? I have to know. And he chickens out. And he says she that he skipped town. And she's totally going to find out later. She's going to forgive him. And they are going to fall in love. And then she is going to find out. And it's going to ruin everything. And I'm just like, damn it, guy. Don't you know your love interest when you see her? Come on. But see, I feel like... 
this he has to still have a secret. And I think for him, he's now he's now fallen in love with her. So he's like, I can't tell her I killed her husband. Well, I don't know if he's fallen in love with her. Oh, yet. he has. What? He has. According to girl rules. According he, to girl rules, all it takes is four days? Or is it just two, he two nights? Her, he saved her from death. He saved her from death? Okay, fine. He did and he literally her. swept her off her feet and carried her. Well, he feels guilty because he killed her husband and then he's been lying and staying in her house and being shirtless in her house. In her bed, waiting around, all shirtless. Not in her bed, in the guest bed. Oh, yeah, in the guest bed. In the guest I, bed. <laughs> I rearranged this story in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually. We'll, we'll, we'll see that. We'll see that spice up. It'll happen. He's been kicked out, though, now. He's been kicked out, but he'll he'll work it to his advantage. My question is... Um, since every episode is a day and they're all sequential, how many days will it take her to go back on what she just said and and take him back? Yes. And 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 do, we have thirteen do him. episodes, so it can't be that many more days. I know because we have to see that happen and then crash again. Right. Which is just like, come on, girl, at least give it a few more days. Right. He's he's a bad man. <laughs> He's a bad man. No, we're going to, it's, it's, damn it. It's going to be the, next episode. The interesting thing is our hero and our villain are both now at this point having shades of gray. Yes. So our hero now you're like, oh, okay. So he's, he's in with this bookie and we already knew he was into shady stuff, but yeah. now we kind of know how far he is into it. And he's like, he's still ready to lie about it. Wait, but w- what kind of gray shades do you see in Big Jim Rennie in that he's oh, trying to keep people Junior. safe? Oh, Well, he's another villain, but like Big Jim Rennie, he, he's like the, he's being played I think really, really well by Dean Norris, but like he's his ambition is like so present. And but like, I still feel like he cares about the town. In the yeah. last episode, he what was that line he had that I I think it's from the book and I can't remember it, but he said it's a small town, we all support the team. Yeah. And he basically is he, he from the beginning has indicated that he's doing this for the town. So he really is all about this town and all about the people in this town. And I think that while it doesn't justify all of his actions, yeah, it it makes for a more sympathetic character because you can understand. Okay, this guy really loves his town. While he shouldn't be like dealing drugs to save it. Well, every villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah, uh, as as it's been said, and he's somebody who, because of his, uh, whether it's truly because of the love of the town or if that's what he's convinced himself. You know, he's go- he's willing to do great and terrible things to preserve uh, his way of life and the way of the life of the town as he sees fit. Uh, and we're going to see that continue uh, through Junior as a cop, which is terrifying. So uh, they, ha- they have this discussion. Meanwhile, uh, Big Jim goes home after a long, hard day of outbreak and... Reverend Coggins is swinging on the porch swing, being super creepy. What's with all the creepy people? <laughs> Come on, Stephen King. And uh, Reverend when you're caught under a dome, you just got to have some creepers hanging out, especially yeah. if you're in a small town. Well, it's like it's you got like, your town creepers. Exactly, and they all come out to play, especially during the night scenes. Anyway, Coggins drops off his share of the profits from the drugs, and uh, and he's like, 
I want no part of it. I wash my hands. I am a man of God. You have damned these people to living under a dome when they should have died as it was God's plan. And, uh, and you know, Dean Norris ain't having none of that. Coggins walks away. I am interested, though, to see what Coggins does after this. Now yeah. that he's had his, like... Hellfire brimstone. He's had his come to God yeah, moment. Yeah, he's had his come to God moment. And I, I'm interested to see if he actually is going to start to change or if, because I am sort of dubious about that. Yeah, he's no, he's not going to change. He's just trying to get into heaven right now. He's just, he's doing everything that logically he thinks will get him into heaven. So uh, Jim goes into the house and something's up with the water and he hears faint screaming off in the, off in the distance and he discovers our poor wet Angie in the in the fallout shelter. We don't know what he's going to do with this information. God, I hope he releases her. Mm-hmm. But what if he keeps her there? What if he keeps her I there to protect his kid, I who's now a police officer? I don't think he'll do that because I feel like this setup was you have Big Jim t- telling Junior after after he kept all the people in the infirmary. Chip off the old yeah, block. Yeah, chip off the old block. You... Like, you should become a police officer. You should go into law enforcement. And then Linda gives him the badge um, for because, well, she was told earlier by Big Jim to bulk up the law enforcement anyway. So she makes him an officer based on what she saw partially in a meningitis delirium of him protecting the building. Sure. And so I feel like. Just as his dad is accepting him, now he turns around and finds this out, and I think this is going to be the interesting conflict point. Yeah, but see, here's what I think is going to happen. Everyone knows, because it's a small town, that Councilman Big Jim Rennie just had his son appointed as a, a member of the police department, right? So he needs to preserve his control over the town. He needs to preserve his image and his son's image. He's going to keep Angie in that godforsaken basement. I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. Well, we're going to find out, okay? (laughs) God, stop hassling me. Anyway, we're going to talk now about the nice little mythology stuff that we got this week through our old teen pals, uh, Joe and Nori. So... Our nerdy teen pals. Our nerdy teen pals who just want to make out already. Gosh. Come on, Joe, you big wimp. It's hard to make out with someone when you literally get electrified when you touch them. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they touched in this episode, it took a few seconds. (laughs) You know, it took a few seconds, but it's a fair point. So they decide, okay, we're going to induce induce one of these seizures because it's obvious that it's the two of us. And when we touched, it just happened. Um, and Joe's like, I'm going to film it because he films everything. And and he has an online blog. Someone mentioned that before on – if you go to the Under the Dome website, you can oh, check great. out. Oh, yeah. great. Wait, but how is it getting out? They don't have internet under the dome. Logic. Oh. I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't know. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> there is no logic in media tie-ins. That's fine. So <laughs> – they uh they they clasp hands, Nori's like, This is stupid and then they <laughs> get electrocuted, they fall over, and they're they're tweaking out, pink stars are falling in lines, and then Joe sits up and goes shh to the camera oh. and we jumped three feet. What the F is happening. He's like possessed. Yeah. And possessed. Then he's possessed. And then, you know, he has the gall, at least from a viewer's standpoint, to suggest that the dome is alive. Mm-hmm. Is the dome alive? 
I mean, I thought it was like electricity or it was aliens or or what. I don't think it's biblical, but like if it's alive, what does that even mean? No one's controlling it. It's controlling itself and it's just decided to just come to Earth for no reason except to screw with people and watch them die. Are we watching the judgment of the human race to decide whether or not the entire planet survives? I don't know. Pink stars falling in lines doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And like, I have no idea what's supposed to happen. I'm literally at wit's end because, like, I watch lots of sci-fi shows and normally, like, not really not since, like, Lost or really Flash Forward came after Lost. But, you know, not since Flash Forward have I been like, I have no idea what is up here. Um, It's a very obtuse clue. In the book, there's a suggestion that the dome is some sort of... And I know that this is a reoccurring theme and Barbie has said that it... He doesn't think it's the government because it works. But there um, there was a suggestion that the dome is a, a military test to see to see sort of how people, like, react in this situation. Ugh. And so that, in the dome, in the book, that is what sparks the protest because Joe starts to think, what if this is a, a military oh. test? Well, hey, you know what? But now... It could be a living being, I guess. Yeah. A sentient dome judging the future of the human race. Should we be allowed to exist at all? So it's it's an it's an honest question. Um let's let's get in let's get into predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Predictions. Jackie Browski. Uh, we've talked a lot about what the dome might be. We saw in the uh, in the promo for next week that this visiting day is actually more of a goodbye day. That the military intends to fire a nuclear weapon at the dome. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're we're going to see lots of stuff happen. A very very intense episode, and I'm very excited. You mentioned that you think Big Jim is going to take Angie out of the tank. I do. What, I do. What is going to come of that? I don't know, but I do think that he's going to take her out, and then there's going to be some sort of conflict between him and Junior. Yeah. I don't think he's going to cover up for Junior. Yeah. I mean, we we have to assume that the nuclear bomb is not going to break the dome, because it's only episode five. Right. And and we have more episodes and hopefully more seasons to go here. So I think uh, everyone's going to hook up, because when, you, every, cause when yeah. everyone's about to die... There's going to be a party. Exactly. Another yeah. dome party. No. Dodie and Phil are going to hook <laughs> up. We're, we're going to get hookups across the board. Um, you know, Alice and Carolyn are just are going to open a nice bottle of wine and have like a relaxed conversation. Nori and Joe are going to risk getting seizure to make out. And uh, Julia is going to forgive Barbie after a day mm-hmm. for being involved with her husband's disappearance and totally sleep with him. That's all going to happen. And then I don't know. I'm wondering when we get to see the drugs, I'm not sure when that's going to come into play, but so many more secrets will be to left to be uh, uncovered. Jackie Borowski, where can the people find you? 
at 123Jackie underscore B, and that's Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-E on Twitter. And uh, it's 123Jackie B, all one word on Instagram. I had to make it difficult for some reason. Okay, well, <laughs> that's that's your problem. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. Uh, you can also find me on online. I do sketch comedy at VOYTV.com. And if you're in Los Angeles and you love live comedy, I am a member of the sketch comedy group DJ Fawcett at IO West at 6366 Hollywood Boulevard. And we perform the first Sunday of every month at 9 p.m. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we will be back next Thursday, same time, same place. Stay tuned. And don't forget to comment. We love your comments. We there's, love your there's comments. There's an 11-year-old on there. That was cool. Yeah. And somebody... Matt sounds like somebody's boyfriend. I sound like someone's boyfriend. (laughs) Big ups to the 11-year-old. Good night. Good night. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.